0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com.
1: Thank you for listening. Morning. Welcome to the Business Hour. Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. Um, Today's business at hand is a crucial area to millions of Americans because not only has health care insurance become a mystery... But in recent years, because of the Affordable Care Act, there's the additional dimension of confusion, and when you combine that with Medicare, Medicaid, rules and regulation, it's, it's really become quite the mystery that is best navigated with the help of a professional. So I'm very pleased today to have as my guest... Ellen Deal, who is a a bona fide expert in the field, and she's going to help us demystify what is otherwise a labyrinth of options. So, welcome to the program, Ellen.
2: Hello, thank you so much, Ron. It's great to be here.
1: Well, Ellen, do, do you think that it's accurate to say that um, things have reached an all time high as far as? Confusing options when it comes to healthcare insurance.
2: Oh, you are correct. It is more confusing than ever, probably because we had politicians and government entities creating the new healthcare structure.
1: What would um, What would you say? um, And let's let's back up for a moment. Let's let's talk about your role with. Uh, your clients, which in some cases are professionals who are uh, agents and brokers for healthcare, so that they rely on you as an expert's expert. Uh, mm-hmm. What? Wh- how do you characterize the the range of services that you offer?
2: So, I got into the industry in 1992 as pretty much a girl Friday, running quotes and fetching coffee. And I've grown and, and more since then uh, went from you know being the, the lowest girl on the totem pole to a service rep to an account manager and then sales. The capacity in which I've helped brokers has been mainly the major medical realm. So group health insurance, group dental, vision, life and trying to help brokers determine is it good to stay with the carrier that they're at or switch to a different carrier and then more recently in the last year I've, you know, after 20 years of doing the same thing pretty darn well, I've, I've made a bit of a change.
1: So that, um, my, my basic statement that particularly since, uh, the Affordable Care Act, uh, we've only added another dimension of confusion. And uh, again, I think that consumers as well as the profession, um, the agents and the brokers, r- really benefit from someone who has kept up with it for at least a couple of decades, which is you. <laughs> um, so t- tell us, let's... I want to underscore... Your expertise and and so tell us uh, a, a little bit about what what you and and maybe you don't have to name names, but I know that you worked with some very uh quote unquote respected health care insurance providers uh, but okay. but tell us uh a little bit more than uh, the girl friday uh, aspect um, what kinds of things were you learning over the last couple of decades that, that make you that, uh, that truly savvy healthcare insurance experts? Uh, uh, let's lay this foundation out because as we begin addressing these different areas, I think I want people to know that really uh, you've been around the block uh, once or twice and, and, and that it's just this ever-changing landscape that you're keeping up with.
2: Right, yeah. So I've been around the block in a positive way. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I'm not that kind of girl. But um, in in working with agents and brokers for so many years, I have an innate and now natural ability to understand how they want to be communicated to. That's probably the biggest thing that I personally bring to the table. Now I'll explain what that means in terms of how that really helps brokers. When one of the companies that I worked at as a salesperson, one of the large insurance companies, the manager there always said, if your meeting doesn't last an hour, it does not count as a meeting. I personally disagree with that. If I can communicate to someone in three bullet points or three minutes what someone else is going to take an hour to do, I've been far more productive, I've saved the broker's time, and they're going to invite me back to see them again because I did not waste a bunch of their time. Other ways that I have helped brokers and agents over the years is by understanding what the whole market is about, looking at all of the different insurance carriers understanding who's excelling at at what part at a given time. Maybe someone is doing a better job with network. Maybe another insurance company is doing a better job with reimbursement. Or even still, another company is doing a better job with commissions. So it's being able to take an overarching look at everything, and then when dealing with agents and brokers, knowing when they need that to be boiled down for them
1: as to what's important to them. So you're really a consultant for agents and brokers in the larger business sense, uh, as well as being technically knowledgeable about uh, what's going on in the industry. Would you say that's a fair statement?
2: Yeah, historically I've been captive to one insurance company at a time, but in the last year I I took a leap of faith and abandoned all that to start my own business, but something that we can spend more time on at any point in our conversation. I went from the major medical side to the voluntary supplemental side because the supplemental side as an industry has become much more needed as Obamacare has come become more and more pervasive in the marketplace. So the worse the Affordable Care Act has gotten, the more important supplemental plans have become. And the brokers that I've spent 20 years understanding what they need and how they want to be communicated to, are now having to promote this new product that they don't have time to learn one more thing they don't have time to put one more thing on their plate so when another person at another company comes to them and says you need an accident policy you need a cancer policy but they take an hour explaining it and i come in and i can do it in 30 seconds boom um, helping them be more successful faster.
1: Yeah, I dare say that um, all of America could benefit from having a more concise uh, description of what uh, the various uh, policies are uh, and, and the range of voluntary products in particular. Um, we're going to address both uh, the products, uh, what major medical uh, and particularly there's an uh, individuals under 65 i mean we oftentimes think about uh uh, seniors uh, as being the ones and they are the ones who have the most immediate need but i'm going to ask you a little bit later you know what you think about uh, when it is that someone should begin thinking about uh health care insurance and i i want to very specifically, that I, I, I don't know that you were going to name names, but the companies that you have worked with are considered some of the best in the industry. Can we name names? Uh,
2: yes, they're not only some of the best, but they're pretty much the only ones remaining. <laughs> I mean, I'm, and, and I know it's funny, but it's true. Um, I spent seven years at Humana, three years at Blue Cross, three years at Kaiser and then some other companies along the way that are now gone. So some of these changes were due to companies being bought up by other companies or companies just going out of business.
1: And one question I have is, Do you, would you say that each of those organizations, Humana, Blue Class, uh, Blue Shield, and Kaiser, uh, mm-hmm. as much... Scrutiny and criticism as health care providers have come under um, are these remaining uh, large companies, uh, do you feel like they have their strengths and their weaknesses?
2: Well, at the end of the day, and I hate that phrase at the end of the day, but I'm using it, at the end of the day, they are businesses. They're not charitable organizations. They advertise because they're making money. They don't advertise out of the kindness of their heart there's always a dollar in there somewhere any advertisements you hear somebody's making money so they are businesses and in that regard they are smart and they are doing right by their shareholders so when a company like etna for example pulls out of the individual under 65 market in georgia because that segment is not profitable If Home Depot had a section of their store that was not profitable, if they were selling pink roof awnings and that section of the store was not profitable, they would get rid of it, and the shareholders would say, thank you very much, good job.
1: Right. That is something that a lot of consumers don't uh, consider, uh, the fact that to stay in business, to offer health care insurance, health care insurance companies have to remain profitable mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and identify as you said um, their own strength and weaknesses as far as products are concerned
2: yeah now on the flip side you have a bunch of consumers who health insurance is not just a financial decision it's an emotional decision which makes it double down on how tough it is you think about the amount of money you're spending on your monthly premium then the amount of money you're spending at the doctor or the hospital and when it's your child or your loved one that is suffering and then you throw money on top of it you've just got a, a, a very emotional painful mix going on so it's a, it, it's a tough spot
1: yeah i understand um i've heard from uh, more than one professional and i'm not sure that i've seen it uh, as a written statistic but my understanding is that uh this is so crucial the financial dimension here is so important that in the u.s um Bankruptcies related to health care costs are considered the number one uh, contributing factor. Has uh, that been your understanding as well?
2: Yes, Ron, you're right, and it's been that way for a while. Um, you think about uh, insurance five years ago, people maybe had a $500 deductible, a $1,000 deductible, and they were only paying a couple of hundred bucks a month for the cost of health insurance. Now, the deductibles, thanks to the Affordable Care Act, and somebody look up the word affordable and tell me what that definition is, thanks to the Affordable Care Act, you have $5,000 deductibles. Where is the average American going to get $5,000 from? Do they have it in the bank? No. The average American could not write a check for, now it's $400. So if the tires blew out on your car, the average American, and you had to stroke a check for $400 because the tire guy isn't going to take your credit card and he wants cash, How, where are you going to get the money from? Yeah. So When you're talking about supplemental benefits, which is a whole other conversation, and you have a person that, if they have an accident, where are they going to get $5,000 from, this is where those supplemental products really kick in.
1: Right. People are literally having to rob Peter to pay Paul. We're going to be taking a break here, Ellen, and when we come Mm -hmm. back, we're with Ellen Deal. We're talking about... Healthcare insurance, Ellen's uh, a bona fide expert, so she's going to help demystify uh, a lot of uh, dimensions of health care insurance. We'll be back right after this break.
3: Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty Healthshare.
2: We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org.
0: The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? And the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.atlantahealingcenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the Americas Broadcast Network.com. Thank you for listening.
1: You now, Ellen. In dealing with uh, agents and brokers, I'm sure that there's things that come up over and over uh, that are the areas, I guess, of, of most mystery that are and that are most confusing. Uh, confusing. What do you hear uh, as some of those areas that that are the ones that, as you were mentioning earlier, you're often able to help? Describe in succinct uh, terms, uh, which are otherwise very convoluted, uh, you know, particularly when people are looking at the matrix of comparison of different plans. Um, what are some of the things that you're hearing from those health uh, insurance um, uh, professionals uh, that are the most common things?
2: Um, it, boy, to say the most common, it's pretty much. Everything insurance industry language is not like regular everyday language and and terminology even within the major medical segment versus the voluntary segment can mean different things. So you've got an agent that's trying to explain co-insurance to a consumer, and I'm not sure how you would explain that. But I finally got it down to the point of because people are looking at. 80, 60 PPO ninety seventy point of service. This is your co-insurance. What? And co-insurance is very simply the point where the member and the provider, be that the doctor or the hospital, are co. Well, or, excuse me. The member and the insurance company are co-insuring the risk. Simple things like that. And as far as terminology, when I came over to the supplemental side of things. Here's a sentence that can be said in the supplemental world that makes no sense to a consumer or anybody on the medical side, and that is, if we put in two lines of coverage with the right amount of POP, we can enroll the core business as long as we have working conditions. That was all English, but I didn't know what any of those words put together in a sentence meant until a year ago, and it's basically supplemental lingo saying we'll enroll your core which is the medical and the dental and the life as well as our supplemental products the accident the cancer the critical illness as long as we see the right number of pops which is percentage of people seen and we have working conditions which means are our enrollers going to be able to sit at a desk have Wi-Fi plug in their printer and have people come see them what right so it's sentences like that where instead of speaking fancy pants language to an agent and a broker i'll just simply say will we get to see 75 percent of the people can we offer two products will our enrollers have somewhere to sit with electricity and wi-fi cool and nobody feels stupid and nobody gets bent out of shape because i used big words to feel fancy
1: well, not only are you uh, demystifying the jargon within the industry to industry um, members, but th- it's a cue to them to, in turn, demystify it for their their, their clients. Um, sure. You know, it, there's a tendency in almost every field to uh, want to have facility with the jargon, but uh, people forget uh, it's confusing it's confusing within the industry often but much more confusing to people who are the the end, uh users the consumers um speaking of the consumers uh, let's okay. let's talk again about what your personal experience has been what are the areas that you think like if you were granted uh, permission to produce a Long public service announcement that ran nationwide on the networks uh, and in social media that were, say, the uh, three, or it could be more, areas mm-hmm. that you think would be the most helpful to clarify? Um, what are you hearing out out there? Uh, and what are those uh, areas that are the most confusing?
2: Okay, so three things that would help the consumer understand and make things more simple? Yeah. Um, Yeah, okay. So, uh, first of all, the word transparency, um, I wouldn't say it's quite a trigger word for me, but transparency does not mean transparency people throw that word around like we're just gonna let you see through we're gonna we need transparency in the pharmaceutical industry we need transparency with the hospitals. well go to a hospital and ask them what their actual charges are Um, you can negotiate a bill down but they'll never really tell you what their costs are so transparency uh, I just wouldn't even use that word. And in order to get consumers, the member, the end user, to be more responsible for their dollars, which in turn are the insurance company dollars, which in turn impact our whole country, is I would have everybody paying their bills. Now, obviously, there's a c- catastrophic component to what I'm saying. So first for more of the everyday component, office visits and prescriptions under a certain amount. Let's go back to the old indemnity days of 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, where you walked into the doctor's office, they told you how much it was, and you paid the bill and then submitted the bill to the insurance company for reimbursement. That caused every member, every patient, or every mom or dad taking their child to the doctor to look at the bill so that way if the bill is $75 and you feel like that's an appropriate charge for the amount of time that you spent with the doctor you go ahead and you pay your $75 but if the charge is $300 and you sat in their waiting room for 45 minutes and then sat in the the little patient room for another 30 minutes and they saw you for five minutes Maybe they should pay you $300. So it's a matter of having the member looking at the bill instead of saying, oh, I have a $30 copay. I don't care what the charges are. It's real simple to ignore the underlying cost when you're just paying a small amount from your pocket on that day. But what you are paying is a much larger amount in terms of monthly premium. So... Everybody's just, just got to get their eyes on the numbers.
1: So, so rather than um, transparency, which is an illusion, um, mm-hmm. we're talking about uh, more complete information and uh, understanding what the whole bill is as opposed to your, your portion of the bill.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's amazing uh, the amount of markdowns that people see on their EOB, Explanation of Benefits, you go in the hospital, and maybe the charges are $56,000 for staying in the hospital two or three days, but then the discount negotiated price is $19,000. Well, that's great. I'd love to have those kind of negotiating skills outside of the medical world, but how does that even make sense? If they're going to accept $19,000, what does that tell you about the $56,000 that was your starting number?
1: Yeah, and how does a consumer, in your opinion, uh, begin to understand which institutions are the ones who, acknowledging themselves, the rising cost of healthcare and the complexity of uh, healthcare insurance, might either, just as a matter of goodwill, or good business, uh, be willing mm-hmm. to offer uh, discounts or to negotiate, and those um, which are not? Uh, is that a hospital-by-hospital hospital situation?
2: There are organizations that exist to help patients negotiate costs. Uh, there's a, a medical blue book. There's another company called Careis 360, and they provide what average charges are Uh, in state by state and across the country procedure by procedure so it's almost like instead of just going to the hospital and accepting the charges in the same way that you shop for a car you go online you look at a car dealership near you just for kicks maybe you look at a car dealership in seattle washington to see what's going on and then you start leveraging their prices against each other
1: you know um, this pro- this begs the question of whether or not you actually offer um, to uh, consumers um, helpful information like the medical blue book and the carrot three hundred and sixty. I mean, those are like uh, very. Uh, important aspects to being a good consumer, I would imagine. Uh, is okay. that something that you do on a regular basis? Because uh, I, I see that as enormously helpful. I mean, it's, it's, it's helping the industry, on one hand, to uh, stay profitable, but on the other hand, uh, helping consumers to be good consumers, which is uh, a pretty complete spectrum. Uh, is, is that what you do uh, professionally?
2: Well, there's there's been this recent cause and effect. Uh, the, the tools have existed. They've been sitting out there, but insured did not have to care about it because they had their Blue Cross, they had their Aetna Coventry, they had their Cigna, they had everything, but now that a lot of individual carriers are pulling out of the market for under 65, so people not on Medicare, the awareness of alternative ways of doing things has hit people in the face very, very suddenly. So you have people that are on Obamacare through the exchange or on a non-exchange individual product, and all of a sudden they realize this is going away they're either going to have to go without insurance and be more responsible for their dollars or take any number of these alternative plans that have been sitting out there but been ignored. So unfortunately, confusion creates opportunity. So we now have a great amount of opportunity in the marketplace for agents and brokers to sell alternative plans, and that's something that I'm bringing to the market.
1: Alan, uh, we're going to take another break here, but when we come back, we'll uh, continue talking about the uh, various complexities of health insurance and the ways that you're helping uh, both the industry and consumers to, uh, to better understand those complexities. We're here with Alan Deal. She's an expert in the healthcare uh, insurance industry. We'll be back with Alan right after this break.
3: This is Dr. Elena George with your health tip of the day. Did you know that dizziness may be a sign of heart disease, iron deficiency, high or low blood pressure, low blood sugar, or an inner ear infection? Dizziness can take the form of a spinning sensation, also known as vertigo, or a feeling of lightheadedness. The individual can also feel faint or have a rapid heartbeat. If you take high blood pressure medication, remember to take the medication daily as directed to control your blood pressure. Diabetics must remember to eat after taking their medication and to eat at regular intervals. If you have anemia, make sure to take a multivitamin that contains iron and to eat vegetables such as spinach. Dizziness after a cold or flu may be due to a virus. If you have dizziness, it is important to see your doctor for a complete physical examination. Please join me Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for Medicine on Call. This is Dr. Elena George.
1: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com
0: anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, Or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host. And by the way, this would be a good point uh, to tell you that you can tune into Alan's program. Alan has been kind enough to be a guest on my show because I feel that uh, I should address this area of health care insurance uh, once or twice a year. And I'm including Alan, uh, or uh, who has been gracious enough to be on the program, to, to help help w- my listeners uh, better understand health care insurance. Um, but she is on Thursdays uh, from 11 to noon. Is that correct, Alan?
2: Yes. Thursdays at 11. You got it.
1: It is the Ideal Solutions program? Uh,
2: the insurance deal. That Ideal Solutions that you just said there is my email address.
1: Uh, yes. Um, I wanted to uh, cover that uh, just in case Um, a listener wanted to get get in touch with you directly and that is I-D-I-E-H-L solutions at gmail.com I-D-I-E-H-L solutions Uh, it's a play on the term uh, perfect or ideal uh, but is Ellen's uh, last name deal D-I-E-H-L so um, Ellen we're talking about uh, healthcare providers who have made the cut. You know, I asked you earlier. You know, if you felt that uh, um, those that you had worked for were some of the strongest in the in the business, and you were saying, "Well, yes," and they're some of the only uh, that exist. Um, it, it, we can probably, at this point, talk about uh, th- those who are um, more credible and bonafide as health care providers. In Georgia, I understand there might be a little over 20 health care provider uh, plans, but uh, uh, really, y- y- you'd say uh, there's... Two or three of the major providers, or maybe five or six, something like that.
2: Yeah, five or six. Um, you've got, as far as who's still remaining in the small and large group market, you've got Aetna, Blue Cross, Kaiser, Humana, Cigna, and United Healthcare. So that's six. Those are the major carriers. Now there are also a lot of self-funded and partially self-funded hybrids coming up so you've got a bunch of um, and it's not that they're new it's that they've been around but they've been ignored because everything else was working well enough now that things are going further off the track people are going to reach out to these alternative fundings and then in the individual market under 65 they're starting to look at alternative plans because the options that used to be the good old standby are just not there anymore.
1: Are there uh, ratings for health care providers?
2: There are ratings for insurance carriers, and it's funny with the, uh, the new individual product that I'm talking to my agents about, that's a question that I get all the time is, well, what's the AM Best rating? So I'll start with the AM Best rating of most of the carriers. We just talked about Aetna Blue Cross coventry kaiser um, they're all a-rated companies but look at what they've done in the individual market now i said kaiser i need to undo that kaiser is remaining in the individual market but blue cross Aetna, humana uh, signal left last year these a rated companies have left the individual market so at that point what does the rating really count for
1: yeah, how would you explain that? I mean, is there is is there a need to be a does there need to be a better way for evaluating uh, who's providing what?
2: Well, again, it it goes back to that these insurance carriers are really businesses that are that exist to make a profit. We just as consumers think that they're there to, and I mean they are there to serve us. However, they are judged on their profitability, and that is in part how they achieve their rating, but their rating is not impacted negatively by pulling out of a certain segment because it's no longer profitable. That's viewed as a good business decision by the rating companies. But when you're a consumer and Blue Cross is only left in 85 of the 159 counties in Georgia, which leaves 70, what is that, leave 75 counties in Georgia that have no Blue Cross so in Georgia you have Kaiser that's remaining in Metro Atlanta which is where it was to begin with and Blue Cross Blue Shield in the rural areas so the vast population is in the more metropolitan cities and now the option of Blue Cross is gone so good business decision but bad for the consumer
1: yeah, um, uh, I'll, I'll wait until uh, closer to the end of the program and ask you to speculate on where you think we're headed in terms of uh, uh, who's providing uh, coverage uh, in, in what marketplaces and uh, and then who's not uh, going to change what they're doing, which is um, pulling back uh, the offer uh, in in certain geographic areas. You know the the. The average consumer, uh, I would imagine, uh, goes online, uh, you know, if they don't have a, um, a health care advisor that they can talk to one-on-one, uh, and, and even if they do, they might go online to look up um, what's available, and if they happen to have more than one option, There may or may not be a matrix um, that breaks down what's offered. How do you um, recommend that a consumer uh, select a plan? You're looking at the matrix. Is it? Is it? Should you be thinking strictly uh, in terms of cost, or are there other considerations?
2: Well, um, it's sort of like real estate. What's the number one thing? Location, location, location. With insurance, unfortunately, because prices are so high, the number one thing is now price, price, price. Back in, this is a long answer, back in 1996, when I was selling small group health insurance with Humana, we would be quoting a small group of 10 employees and the cost per employee The premium, the monthly premium was $100. So the employer was able to say, ah, $100 an employee, 10 employees, $1,000 a month. I'm going to pick up the whole tab. Everybody's going to be happy, and I'll keep my employees. Well, now, fast forward 21 years later, guess how much, Ron, I'm going to ask you to guess a number, guess how much that same employee in that 10-person group costs.
1: I really wouldn't venture a guess, but I will tell you this, that uh, when I had uh, a company with uh, employees for which I wanted to try to provide 100% okay. of the health care uh, cost as part of their compensation, that uh, amount began to skyrocket. Uh, and okay. then as employees... Uh, began to have uh, serious illnesses, mm-hmm. uh, the numbers were not just doubling or tripling, they were quadrupling uh, mm-hmm. a- and and truly astronomically, growing astronomically. So I don't know. What is?
3: Yeah.
2: So, and this is from my experience. So 1996, about $100 per employee. Uh, right before Obamacare went into place, maybe... now literally $700 so the same business owner with the same 10 employees cannot afford to pick up the whole tab now he's sharing the monthly premium cost 50-50 with the employees they can't afford their half the employer can't afford his half the whole Obamacare structure is that's why it's imploding
1: so, should we have stayed on our original path? Um, sure.
2: It, How do you make a good decision?
1: Yeah. No, no. I well, meant uh, should should the country have stayed uh, on the original path, uh, uh, never having entered into, into uh, affordable care, um, sort of as a uh, misnomer. But, um, you know, do you think think that we'd still have rising health care costs but just not at the same rate
2: yeah the costs were going up and it was getting uncomfortable but the affordable care act just sent that on a trajectory that was out of this world the it's almost like what's going to have to happen is what's happening uh it's it's going to have to collapse on itself, and hopefully, though I've not seen Paul Orion or anyone in Congress present something that will work, hopefully there will be something to come in at the 11th hour in the nick of time that is a solution that employees and employers can live with and afford. Part of why health care has gotten so expensive, in addition to the mess that is Obamacare, all of the mandates. I was in a meeting with uh, an insurance broker recently talking about a new set of products and she said, I I won't say the, the conditions, but there's a condition that affects children that is newly covered as a mandate and this alternative plan we were talking about did not cover this condition per the mandate. And she said, well, that's just awful because this condition can cost the poor family Thirty thousand dollars within the first four to five weeks, which right there, it's a it's a catastrophe for the family. But when you have everybody else picking up the tab for something that knocks out thirty thousand dollars in four weeks, how do you reconcile that? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, that's the the first stage of what we're uh, talking about earlier, which is uh, le- uh, a condition leading to bankruptcy bankruptcy for many many families mm-hmm. um, what about um, supplemental plans uh, let's turn to that for a moment um, no uh, talk about mysteries uh, I think uh, that understanding uh, just major medical is is uh, head spinning but when it comes to supplemental plans people just really don't know um, mm-hmm. how do you approach uh, advising other professionals um, and uh, and in turn, what what would you offer to consumers? Um, think about that for a moment because we're going to take a break, and when you come back, I'm going to have you address that. Um, okay. I think that um, supplemental plans are certainly another area uh, of mystery. We're here with Ellen Deal. She's helping to demystify um, some of what's happening in the health care insurance industry, which is uh, uh, a mystery to most of us. We'll be back with Ellen right after this break.
3: This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree e Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you will be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Street ENT Center is where patient care counts.
0: Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com.
4: or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.atlantahealingcenter.com.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the Americas Broadcast Network.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Ellen Deal, uh, an expert in the area of health care insurance who has. Uh, a program of her own. She's been uh, gracious enough to be my guest today, but she has a program uh, that is uh, on Thursdays here at America's Web Radio at uh, 11 a.m., and she also has uh, a, a business. If you choose to get in touch with her directly, you can go to... Ideal Solutions, that's I D I E H L, solutions at gmail.com. Ellen, before the break we were talking about supplemental insurance, and boy, there are so many supplemental plans. I don't know that the uh, average consumer, uh, in fact, I'm certain of it, the average consumer uh, just doesn't know where to begin. Uh, you have accidental critical uh, illness you have uh you know dental where does what do you suggest that a consumer begin and I guess that might be similar advice that you'd offer to professionals in terms of helping uh, um, c- consumers figure out uh, what they might need and how they begin to uh, be a good consumer
2: yeah again for the for the poor consumer it's a matter of being able to understand the terminology, and that has a direct correlation with how well an agent or a broker can explain what they're presenting to you. It's all fine and well if an insurance agent or a broker can use big, fancy, confusing words, but that doesn't help make the sale or provide for the consumer. So I've now taken my major medical world experience, folded that over into the supplemental world, and do a more concise job of explaining what supplemental benefits cover. I mean, accident, for example. If you have an accident, this plan is going to pay out $2,000 for your hospitalization. If you need stitches, it's going to pay... $50 if it's this many stitches, $75 if it's that many stitches. There's not a lot of mystery to it, but for whatever reason, many people like to just make it much more fancy than it needs to be, and they're losing the customer and confusing the process. So just break it down to simple, digestible bites.
1: Now Alan um, here's another uh, question that I think might be helpful to a lot of people there are individuals who uh, who can benefit from having uh, an individual health care plan um, that are out from under uh, their parents uh, uh, plan uh, so that in their late 20s uh, it, it might be Prudent to look at at healthcare plans. What is it that you recommend? Uh, is, is it as soon as possible uh, begin looking for a healthcare plan, or or uh, should you wait until you're in your 30s and you can afford a plan, or you know? How how do you approach that?
2: Yeah, there's an old saying that that I don't like. Gee, already two things I don't like. I don't like at the end of the day, but I use it. And here's another one that I don't like, but I use it. The only thing more expensive than health insurance is not having health insurance. So imagine you're this 26-year-old child or adult, you tell me. You're a 26-year-old human being that is now coming off of your parents' plan, and your parents have kept you on their plan to keep you covered, protected, and safe. Now you're out from that umbrella of protection and safety, You're out on your own, and you don't take the personal responsibility to insure yourself. Now you're 27 years old. Something dramatic happens, and you're in the hospital to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Who loves you, and who's going to take care of that? Your parents. So now you've created a financial hardship not only for yourself, but the people that are closest to you. So... I think that the answer to that is always be covered, always have insurance. I wish that the medical market would have something more like the automobile industry or the automobile insurance industry, where there's a catastrophic plan.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a a, a, a great uh, concept. <laughs> uh,
2: right. Uh, concept is one thing. Getting people on board is another.
1: Um, so, I, I, it would make perfect sense if you're in your early 20s and and, and hopefully healthy. Uh, that might be the time when you can get one of the best deals, um, even though uh, pre-existing conditions aren't supposed to be factored in currently. Nevertheless, I'm certain that uh, a health care insurance uh, carrier um, likes the ideal that uh, they're having a uh, a customer uh, that uh, is healthy. Uh, so start early. Is that, is that yeah. your recommendation? Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, pre-existing conditions, though, are... Uh, not clarified by anyone. When a company says there's a pre-existing condition what they're looking at is the previous 12 months have you been treated for I always use diabetes because it's very common and then what they're saying is okay now you have to stay covered on our plan for 12 months and then we will pay for any care and treatment as a result of your diabetes. Everything else is covered but what the government wanted you to believe when Obamacare was being put into place, was if you had anything at all, it was never ever going to be covered, and that was just fallacy.
1: Is is cancer one of the other common uh, pre-existing conditions?
2: Yes, anything that a person has received treatment for in the last twelve months, uh, with the exception of things like you know strep throat and pink eye, but yes. Yeah, Things that are, you know, diabetes, cancer, multiple sclerosis. So these are people that, that really need to stay covered all the time. But if, let's say you've got a diabetic and their diabetes is controlled and what they're doing is office visits and prescriptions, there are other solutions to help them get primary care at a very reasonable cost while they're in their pre existing period.
1: Dental... Uh, Hearing, vision are are those areas that you really think uh, a consumer can benefit from by t- working with a professional?
2: Uh, dental, I uh, I should not say this, but I'm going to. Dental insurance itself is almost swapping dollars for dollars. You pay thirty dollars a month, maybe, for dental insurance that gives you two cleanings a year and uh, x-rays every 18 months. So the the monthly premium, if you're the regular person, is going to cover exactly what you're having done throughout the year. And when it gets to things like crowns and such, the maximum benefit is oftentimes just a $1,000 for a crown. So I would encourage people when they're looking at dental to look at how much they're paying out and what the dollar benefit back to them is, and instead transfer those dollars to an accident plan, a cancer plan or a critical illness plan where it's going to help them cover that huge $5,000 deductible that they have in their ACA plan.
1: Right. Um, uh, Hearing and vision?
2: Um, Hearing, uh, not so much on the radar for the folks that I'm talking to and vision again, it's a little bit more of a discount and a dollar swapping process. You could get about as good a deal outside of a vision plan as you could with it, but if it's offered by your employer and they're subsidizing part of the cost, people go for it all day long.
1: You know, we're, we're at that point, Ellen. Where we're winding down, uh, and I want to ask you if there's any one or two things uh, aside from uh, tune into your program uh, Thursdays at eleven, so that people can uh, listen to you as you drill down into some of the areas that we just touched on, but is there any one or two things that you want to remind uh, listeners that they should consider?
2: Um, They really need to think about looking at alternative individual health insurance products. There are ways to avoid the mandate, penalty tax, and still put together a very good health insurance product without having to be on the ACA plan, which is now uh, non-existent for many, many people in Georgia and across the country. So definitely shoot me an email if you need help in that area.
1: Yeah, I'll repeat I E It's Uh solutions at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, go on to America's Web Radio and look at Thursdays at 11 o'clock. It'll talk... Uh, yes a little bit about uh, the program. There will be a little description, and you'll tune in, and you'll know exactly how to get in touch and how to learn more from Ellen. Um, Ellen, I want to thank you uh, for taking the time to be my guest. Uh, you have your own program to attend to, but uh, you were willing to come on and help educate uh, or at least offer some basic information hopefully we pique the interest of listeners and they'll uh, listen to your program uh, or get in touch with you directly because this is a really crucial area that can make all the difference in quality of life for an individual or a family and can help uh, avoid uh, potential problems thank you ellen
2: okay thank you ron
1: You've been listening to the Business Hour here at America's Radio from 10 to 11 on Fridays. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio and Internet next week.
2: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.